0: welcome to the point of difference AFL fantasy podcast a fresh perspective on AFL fantasy classic brought to you by the keeper league pod on this episode Louie opens up his notebook and talks about around 40 players to consider ahead of round 20 and we get through a heap of questions if there's time that is it's time for the fiorinis a god pod
1: Come on Darcy, it's the pod pod mate
0: Welcome to the Pod Pod. I'm Doss here with Louie. And how are you, mate? We're both in the lockdown once again. We're, we're, the fantasy gods don't want us to record together.
1: Nah, that, that's quite unfortunate, mate. But uh, we're staying strong. It's uh, been a pretty good week in, uh, in fantasy. So it's been good to get some extra time to do
0: some research. Absolutely. You've, you're opening up your notebook on this episode. We had a chat pre-show. I was like, Louis, so you got the, uh, the Delish Dozen uh, good to go for this week, mate? And you're like what's the delish dozen uh, i've got i've got about 40 names in my notepad so instead of that we've uh, we'll certainly mix in a few of the names that you've given us on the social medias for our delish dozen but you've got a stack of names that you want to talk about ahead of around 20 and it sounds like you've had the week off to refresh after um after last week we had those special guests on louie but you're back ready to fire that's
1: it, mate, and I've got to show them up a little bit. So, I've come prepared. I've got about 3,000 words of notes to, uh, to bless all of you
0: listeners this week. Absolutely. Um, a pretty interesting round of fantasy footy as well. Lots of uh, bullets headed our way before the round, Louis. Um, we didn't hear how you handled the situation last week. Do you want to let us in on how you went in round 19? Yeah not too bad mate
1: Unfortunately uh, two rookies came onto my field So that was Finlay McRae and Trent Bianco And that was off the back of uh, obviously Mills and Green being um, Well not suspended They were they were missing a couple of games with COVID So that was unfortunate But um, off the back of that still I actually scored alright mate So I scored 2,193 And it certainly could have been a lot worse Or a lot better with Pendles too
0: mate What about you? Mate, I had a pretty outstanding week from my uh, my position way back in the rankings. Somehow had a donut mixed in there and still had a twenty two thirty three. So how did I outscore you with a doughy, mate? That, that's nuts, mate. You you must have had some massive scores across the board. The tides are returning. Dossie's on his way back to a hat. Uh, he's heading into hat territory now. The highlocks might be mine still, Louis. Um, All right, let's get into our nailed it, talking about all the big scores I had from the weekend. You heard it at the top of the show. Brayden Fiorini with a 142, and he was my vice captain, looped him in for the big C. Oh, it's good having him back. And Stewie soaking, um, mate. you know- Stewie Joe's just learning that, you know, should have been there all along. I want to give an honourable mention to his teammate too, who graced my fields, uh, Jeremy Sharp with 112. Uh, that's back-to-back monster scores for him. And again, uh, looking at the selection pattern at the Suns, wherever these guys been all year, they're, they're absolutely fantasy guns and pretty good footballers too, Lou.
1: Yeah, definitely, and and sharp, he sort of came out of nowhere. Kays gave everyone the tip, and I think he's gone two tons in a row. So that's a nice little rookie
0: to have jumped on. And what's he about four hundred and seventy k now? He's he's jumping up in price. Bloody Jack Lakosius for me too. Got one seventeen. It was all the suns. I've just got to you got to stack those suns at this time of year, uh, Lou. But how about yourself, mate? Who do you nail this week?
1: Oh look! I've got to give credit to Finlay McCrae because, unfortunately, uh, just with a couple of my DPPs, I was I was basically forced to to field a rookie and not loophole one of them. And I had a choice between Bianco, West, and McCrae. and and stupidly enough, or cleverly enough, I actually chose McCrae, who was the top scorer out of that bunch. So him giving me a seventy-one at F six was very handy and, and probably not too far off of what uh, Toby Green would have scored anyway
0: yeah what about the negative side of things here uh we've got our failed it i'll talk to you about mine first and i'm just going with the fact that i got a donut so i'm not gonna obviously um get annoyed at someone being being an out when they're ill like josh tracy was on the weekend it was more the fact that the fox footy coverage didn't let me know he was a laid out till 10 minutes into the game I don't know if you noticed this. They, oh, didn't, mate, they, they
1: probably didn't, don't even know who Josh Tracy actually is when we're talking about the <laughs> Fox footy crew. So, oh. obviously not a Victorian player. So, um, out of sight, out of
0: mind, that one. Look, I mean, it was just shocking for me, especially because after they announced it, this, you know, after they actually did announce it, after the game had already started. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, he was a late withdrawal. I checked, you know, I checked the... Um, the Fantasy, of the AFL app as well. No late changes was the original call. Apparently, it happened right before the bounce. So, it was a genuine um, late, late out. Um, but even still, I mean, I could have really used the, the Tracy's uh, 25 this week sickness. just to boost me up the rankings a bit more. Was it not sickness, Dossie? It was sickness, yes. That's a strange late, late out then. Well, Cam had an interesting theory, <laughs> which I, d- I don't know if, he I don't know if we should- <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't know we're if we in the white grace. shorts.
1: Was it an away game? <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, it, it probably didn't have too much impact as I didn't uh, I don't think I had an, a bench player that actually played in the end. So it wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have mattered, Louis, but it was frustrating at the time, and that was a failed it on the coverages' behalf. Louis, what about your failed it for yourself?
1: Look Dossie I didn't really have a standout failed it so I thought I'd just throw the blanket over uh, Merritt, Walsh and Taranto who all dished up between pretty much 60 and 75 which is just not good enough when you're you're paying a sort of 800k for these blokes and and they've been your best scorers all season so for them to drop that in the same
0: week on the same day uh, just about was, was pretty poor. Yeah, disappointing. And um, I guess maybe you're going to talk about a couple of those players um, coming up, Louis, as, as potential guys in your little notepad, potentially. And there's some people that are asking about him on the Twitter questions if we do get a chance to get to those as well. But we don't have a heap of hot topics this week. Um, obviously, we just want to hope that everyone out there experiencing um, any lockdowns around Australia as well, we, we always send you our love from the Pod Pod family here. Um, we, we've just been in a little little tiny one in Adelaide and hopefully here, everyone here in Adelaide um, is going all right and also that we're sort of out of this situation soonish. But everyone, obviously in Sydney and, and elsewhere in Australia experiencing these times, we, we hope you're going all right and we hope that Fantasy Footy is um, providing you an outlet. Um, but my hot topic for the week, on a, on a, on a funnier note here, um, forget Alex Rance, Louis, on the weekend making his long-awaited return for the, for the Bombers in the VFL as a top-up player. There was another player of serious interest that I noticed suiting up for the, for the Bombers in that same game. Mm-hmm. Car- Caristi, Christian Burgess played for the mighty Bombers in the VFL as well. Unsure of the relation, but I'm definitely certain he's uh, destined for greatness. And, uh- <laughs> Gee, that
1: must be a slow
0: news week, mate. <laughs> Kristen Burgess. No, Love but the anyway, if you do enjoy your weekly podcast, uh, join up to be a member of PodPod Pod Plus for an extra weekly podcast recorded on a Wednesday night with five-time top one hundred finisher, the Statesman. Uh, plenty of people searching for a hat in there, and if you are as well, uh, jump on in and join the Pod Squad. We'll be answering all your questions on the run home. Uh, You'll get to enjoy join the exclusive Pod Squad Facebook group as well to throw around your trade ideas and brainstorm with other PodPod Pod Plus members plus you get a shout out on this podcast and we do have a new uh member this week which i'll have to go and get my notes for louis but i want you to start off with your first player in louis notebook because we need to get cracking we've got a lot of players to discuss here
1: that's it, mate. And in true Louie fashion, I've done this in no real particular order. So we're going to be jumping around um, like crazy madmen. But I thought we'd kick it off with uh, one of my favourite players this year, certainly. And that's Callum Mills. So uh, he's back this week after two weeks off with COVID. Uh, that was in, he was in quarantine. He didn't actually have COVID. Uh, he's the 11th highest averaging player across the competition in the last three games. So he's easily a top two defender and and a massive target that we should be targeting uh, to finish the year
0: yeah no arguments here he's an absolute jet um and there's certainly that spot for him to slot straight back in with them rolling with uh the row bottoms of the world the last couple of weeks still playing some really good footy but mills is absolutely established in there and he's going to come back in and absolutely brain it for the last few weeks um the shout out that i have to give for the new pod pod plus member is alex naum Alex Now, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, but thanks very much and welcome to the pod squad, Alex. Let's get to our next player in Louis' notebook. It is Lockie Whitfield. He did his traditional thing. He didn't quite get to the 190, which he did coming off injury uh, a year or two ago, but he did come off a very nice showing his season high this year.
1: Yeah, that's it, mate. We know the ceiling that Whitfield possesses and that 132 means that he probably hasn't dropped in price as much as what a lot of coaches would have hoped, but he's still priced under an average of 100 and Lockie Whitfield hasn't not averaged 100 since 2017. So, um, at his price, at what he's shown he he has done after a concussion, I think he should be one of the one of the main trade targets this week.
0: Yeah, Um Especially with, um, with some unknowns in the roles around some other players like, I mean, I think, I don't know if you're going to talk about him, but Tim Taranto on the weekend, bit of, a, bit of a role change seemingly for his poor score. That's something you don't necessarily these days have to worry too much about Lockie Whitfield, although it was something we had to worry about in the past.
1: Yeah, Whitfield is just such a plus six merchant and a seagull on the outside of packs that I think he's, he's someone who I'm quite comfortable seeing sort of score 90 plus um, at a minimum for the rest of the year. So, at his price, like I said, um, low risk, high reward, I think.
0: Yeah, and that round 23, even 22, he's got a couple of really nice matchups to finish the year. All right, Lou, who's next in the notebook? It looks like it's Jakey Lloyd.
1: Yep, three defenders to start off and uh Jackie Lloyd got off to a slow start but if he maintains his last three average of 105 then he's well and truly a top 6 defender so um he's had some injuries he's had a he's had his role changed around a little bit but he presents serious value at his price and with what he's capable of I think he's another one who uh, if you can't get up to some of these other big dogs in defense
0: then Jake Lloyd's definitely your man yeah, what I'll say is, um, yeah, I'm super super interested in Lloyd. I think what I said to you off-air was I actually noticed this game because I was watching closely, um, had some investment with the misses again in, in a cheeky DFS, um, single bullet in the DFS, and was noticing that Jordan Dawson, who I had in, in, a, in a lineup there, was back in defence right when I needed him to play on the wing. So, for Lloyd to still um, ton up with the added um Jordan Dawson back there and he did take a couple of kick-ins Dawson as well so that was really positive signs I think you took it as a positive I was sort of like oh man Dawson's back there but he still managed to turn up was really looking creative as he always does back there.
1: Yeah for sure mate with these things sometimes it can go either way but uh, what we saw from Lloyd even with Dawson in the side is that his floor wasn't actually punishing coaches anyway so if there's upside there
0: then I'm willing to take it. The next player in your notebook, a bloke that we all know and love in the fantasy community, Tom Mitchell.
1: Look mate, Titch does as Titch does. So 124 average in his last three and five games respectively. I think he'll average this to the end of the season. So you're getting what you pay for at his 883k price
0: tag and, and there's not much more to be said about Titch. We know who he is. Yeah, and at this point, you think um, if people are frustrated with captain scores that they're getting week to week, he's almost a lock and load at this point. It seems like he's past that point where he's he's going, you know, as soon as I say this, he'll pump out a 70 this week. But it it seems like he's past that point and he's just consistently delivering week in, week out. So, agreed, absolute beast, um, as we all know.
1: Sammy All right, Walsh? Dossie. Yeah, moving on to Sammy Walsh. He had the 72 on the weekend, which uh, did put him in my failed it. It was extremely disappointing. And we always knew he was going to cop attention for this matchup. We just didn't think it was going to be uh, a 72. Uh, his previous scores before that, though, Dossie, were 123, 128, 132, and 155. So we just have to keep the faith here. Uh, I think he's going to be a top eight midfielder. But that being said, slight flag. Uh, versus GWS in round 23 because we saw that GWS actually put or rolled the tag back out on the weekend and they certainly could
0: again in round 23 with Walsh. Yeah, using uh, Lockie Ash. On, uh, as a tagger this, this time instead of uh, the famed Matt DeBoer and Ash did his, did his job well so I wonder if that's something that continues going forward as well uh, just, a, just a shout out scoring 5 points more than Walsh and probably um, looking like the uber premium at Carlton uh, Louis is uh, Paddy Dow <laughs> dominating with a 77 on the weekend ahead of Walsh's 72 unbelievable scene that is unbelievable isn't it <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach Merritt down on the weekend, uh, copping that bit of a tag that we just mentioned.
1: Yeah, and Paddy Dow also outscored Zach Merritt this week, so uh, just like Walsh, his 64 on the weekend, pretty hard to swallow but his four games previous to that were 153, 143 115 and 104 so again, we got to keep the faith uh, this low score may just be because of a slightly different midfield mix with Shill returning, as well as his partner in crime Parish getting a little bit of a tag which probably would have taken some of those plus um, sixes from him because obviously Parrish goes goes in and gets the clearance and distributes so I think that sort of played a role in it but I wouldn't be too worried about um, Zeret
0: 64 on the weekend keep the faith yes yeah so that that was actually I that was probably the one game I didn't see on the weekend so it was actually Parish that copped the ash tag and Zeret was roaming free but just couldn't get his hands on the pill
1: yep pretty much and had, had a
0: really really slow last quarter too Yeah, brutal. Uh, Next player to talk about, Clayton Oliver. I reckon you brought him in at the sweet spot. A lot of people did. Uh, He was nice and cheap a couple of weeks ago. Now he's absolutely smashing it. Look, mate,
1: he's actually been remarkably consistent. So, we say that, you know, maybe a month ago, he was a little bit out of form, but his lowest score for the year is only 80. So, his his highest ceiling game is actually 155. So, this suggests to me that not only will he be a top eight midfielder in your teams, but when he has a stinker, his floor's not actually going to hurt you as much, hopefully. Um, Obviously, he may discover that, but I always take it as a good sign at this point in the year. And his next four games are versus Gold Coast, West Coast, Adelaide, and Geelong. And against these teams, he actually averages 118,
0: 96, 120, and 119. So, he could have a huge finish to the year. Now, I just scrolled down about four pages um, through your notes here, mate, and I didn't see his uh, partner in crime. Have you got any interest? He might be able to rack up us up to the uh, top 40 that we're sort of aiming for in Louie's notebook. Uh, what do you reckon on Petrarca?
1: Yeah, look, mate. I've probably ignored a couple of players that I think you get what you pay for, and uh, Christian Petrik is one of them. The only reason I haven't
0: included him,
1: uh, it's probably an oversight, dos.
0: Fair enough, yeah, because he's, he's <laughs> looking, he's looking ridiculously good to me. Um, look, mate, he looks good. Just- he's
1: about. Eight hundred and fifty k. So, uh, you, like I said, you're you're getting what you pay for. But he's got a ceiling. He's going to be relatively unique, and Melbourne are going to come home like a steam train. You'd think wanting to secure that top two spot. So, um, yeah, another one there. Dossie. Christian Petrarca is a good option. He's just a little bit too expensive, or rather more expensive than than his teammate Clayton.
0: Bloke, you didn't uh, didn't jump over in your notebook here. Was Taylor? Adams, uh, he's back into some great form as well. Yeah, look, mate, he's been in good form,
1: but he hasn't had that giant ceiling game besides a 131 versus Richmond about a month ago. So, looked like he was going to go close to that again versus Port before copping a knock in the second half, and he only got three touches in that in that second half as well. So, as an owner, I can tell you he spent plenty of time on the bench being looked at uh, just about every single game, sometimes multiple times. But uh, what he's doing at the moment in terms of fantasy, if you're willing to take a risk, then he's still a really good option.
0: Talk about uh, your boy from last week. I don't think you ended up going there, did you? But you, you certainly wanted your thoughts heard on last week's show, and that's talking about Cam Guthrie.
1: Yeah, mate, he's coming in for me this week, probably. Um, I, I, I've got <laughs> written down here, Dos. I think he's Took Miller light, So, he's about 750k, 200k less than Took Miller, fears most stat lines and despite Despite his low time on ground average, he he works pretty hard at every contest, which is how he gets his score. So that's kind of why I've named him that. At his price, though, he presents great value with a good ceiling. He went 153 back in round three this year. The only flag I may have is that time on ground, because sometimes it does mean that when the opposition dominate the ball, that they can uh, fail to sort of tick that score over as consistency as consistently
0: as what you'd like Doss but I think Guthrie should be a top option this week I think maybe you're you're not talking about took Miller light if you're talking about low time on ground you're talking about Fiorini light cam Guthrie can't quite get to those uh yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give you on that one though mate uh although he did get to 153 in round three so yeah no he's uh he's a great option as well and um looking like louis trade target if he can bring him in and no bullets uh emerge for you this week mate um gorney you just want to touch on him pretty pretty easy uh option here
1: yeah i'll just mention him he's a top two ruckman so um look we know what gorn can do he's averaging about 110 in his last three so uh Good option if you don't have him already. Uh, But I do want to talk about his sort of counterpart, Grundy Dossie.
0: Yeah, um, probably not the ceiling uh, games that people would have been hoping for trading him straight back in and doing anything they could um, in their team to get him back in. You know, people were holding guys like uh, Riley O'Brien, maybe a Shawnee Darcy if you were that bold to go across to him. And you probably, you know, you might have even lost a few points over the last couple of weeks.
1: And look, Dossie, you did something similar a couple of weeks ago, but I just want to mention a couple of players to you, and can you tell me what they've actually got in common? Okay, go ahead. All right, Tim English, Tom Hickey, Sean Darcy, Rowan Marshall, Todd Goldstein, um, Toby Nankovas, Scott Lysette, Riley O'Brien, and Peter Wright.
0: Peter Wright? Um, What, they've all scored... More points than Grundy in the last three weeks, two weeks? In the last
1: two weeks, yep. So since that 139 versus might have been Carlton a couple of weeks ago for Grundy, that ceiling game, uh, he's, he's only betted those two, those uh, couple of Ruckman in his last two games, Dossie. Peter Wright, <laughs> get around him. Look, before that though, Doss, um, Grundy was going 118, 99, 139. We know how good he is as a fantasy player and I'm not going to convince anybody not to pick him, but just consider what other areas of your team may be leaking points more at the moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a fantastic point and I think- uh, even though I was very, very nervous about doing it, I was one of the people that had Riley O'Brien and just stuck with him because I, I did say, like, gee, I think there's a few other areas of interest that are leaking in my team. And at the time, his break-even was that high that, you know, even though he nearly killed you that week with the one thirty. I've been lucky enough to um, to avoid those next couple, but um, what do you do? You see anything, any other warning signs, or is it is it simply just are they playing him a little bit too much forward and and giving a bit of a run to the young guys and that sort of thing?
1: Oh look, mate, I think he's just not in the best form that we've seen. Really, uh, there's nothing that really suggests to me that that something's wrong. He's spending a bit of time on the bench, uh, but no real more than usual. Uh, and he's having big quarters too, mate. He's having like 50-point quarters and then going silent. So, I'm not sure anything's wrong. I think it's just a, a bit of a coincidence at the moment.
0: Yeah. And it is always funny when we talk about um, guys that are out of form, still scoring, you know, 105 in their last three and stuff. That just shows you the greatness um, that Grundy has been for us in the last few years. But, yeah, no tons in his last two week two weeks. Interesting stuff. He should bounce back, though, against the Coasters. Oh, he's got a great run home here, though, Lou. He'll be fine. Uh,
1: Nick, is Nick Nat a tough matchup this week, though?
0: Um, averages, 97 versus him and 100 at the MCG, so...
1: <sighs> Might be okay, I don't know. Yeah. It, it,
0: hey, If Riley O'Brien can run you know, run Nick Nat around, or, or so he reckons, surely uh, the Grund can. All right, let's get on to your next player, though, mate. You've got uh, a man that I've been jealous of for so long, and... and Um, You've rightly put here something that he possesses that it should have been first into my team based on this alone. It's Aaron Hall, mate, and he's
1: so bloody thirsty. I was watching him on the weekend really, really closely because I actually put the C on him. So every single touch he got, I was there cheering him on. And you can actually see him in the background when, when another player takes a mark, pretty much demanding the backwards 45. And I, I just love that, mate. It's it's full arms stretched out, almost backwards behind his head, uh, screaming for the pill. And, <laughs> and we got that question a couple of weeks ago about who the most observable... Thirsty player is If you want to phrase it that way
0: And I actually think yep. It is Aaron Hall I'm changing my mind He's up there He He's certainly A thirsty operator There's no doubt about that um, It's funny though Seeing the um, The opposite of thirst There's a couple of guys And this is just me Noticing it on the weekend A guy that I have Mentioned in this show already Jordan Dawson for me He could be such A great fantasy player But there's the opposite Of thirst Louis In waving your arms around For the, for the pill when, when you want that thing they're pointing to the next best option. It's like, oh, go over there, over there, pick him, go kick to him. That is the opposite of thirst. So, if you see that, that's a warning sign for thirst. You, that's not allowed, Louis. You can't be offering the options for where to kick next. It's, it's only to you that we want it to go.
1: That's it, mate. That just means he's a team player and we don't want that.
0: Absolutely not. Uh, your next player talking about here, Joshy Kelly, the skipper for GWS, leading him to victory.
1: Yeah, mate. And he didn't seem hindered by his ankle on the weekend at all. So, um, Mm. obviously, you didn't catch that game, Dossie. But um, when fit, Josh Kelly, I think he's someone who's going to average 105 plus. And let's be honest, he's streets ahead of the other forward options we've got available. So, um, it's a blessing we've
0: got him even available there for sure. Because it's strange that he was playing there to start the year. He's an absolute gun mid. And I think both of us um, were incredibly excited about him picking him as a potential starting option this year as well in the midfield. So, um, yeah, he's he's just a a must-have forward. He is dos, but
1: we do just in the back of our mind we have to we have to remember that he is playing a little bit sore. So if you're bringing him in now, mm. you're bringing him in at your own risk because there's every chance that potentially maybe GWS don't make finals. They put Josh Kelly on ice. Maybe he pulls up a little bit sore after this week and misses a game. Uh, maybe he does become that late out. Who knows? But uh, now just flagging that obviously he is
0: playing with an injury at the moment, even despite how how well he's scoring. Patrick Dangerfield, a bloke you said might have already hit his uh, massive ceiling game for the year. You still were very keen on him, but he looked very good yet again on the weekend.
1: Yeah, mate, I've kept this one pretty short. Uh, He's streets ahead of all the other forward options. He's playing midfield and you're pretty much banking a ton each and every week. So, at 730k, he's fantastic value. Another one of the top trade targets for me this week.
0: Yeah, super, super cheap, really, um, <laughs> looking at that price compared to some other options. Um, Jordan degoey finally came slightly back down to earth, but still got a 90, and he's also looking like a great forward target for the run home.
1: Yeah, and we've spoken about Jordan Degoe enough this past month. I just really wanted to give him some credit, though, because he's averaging 110 and 112 in his last three and five weeks, respectively, which if you told me that way back in, what, round round 10 even, I'd call you crazy. So, uh, just got to pay respect to that. And at his price, he's still really good value. That being said, I'd probably rather danger.
0: Yeah, I I think it's funny, though, isn't it? Um, Even though we... When we picked him in our starting team, this is exactly what we were hoping for, but this was probably the upper end of our expectations as to, you know, oh, Christian Petrarca did do it the year before, um, and we saw him sort of develop into that amazing midfielder, or was it two years ago? We, we saw that kind of break out from being a forward into that midfield. he kind of like, yeah, okay, he, he might be able to do the same. I didn't see him actually being this fantasy relevant um i was hoping you know a 95 to you know 95 would have been sort of that pretty much and if he's pushing the 105 plus um and even the 110s that's uh that's outstanding Um, especially just that game plan i think allowing him those marks around the ground is really beneficial to his game but yeah i think like you said we've probably talked enough about him and uh, we'll talk about Lockie hunter Yeah and what a
1: nice little vein of form he's in Dossie so he's had a bit of a disappointing month he's been on the trade target for lots of coaches but he has rewarded us in the last two weeks and he's actually given me enough faith to believe that he's someone that can stick around to the end of the year if he can maintain this.
0: Yeah, like I'm, I'm. It was surprising that he wasn't doing this earlier. It's, uh, it's been a weird one for Hunter. Remember, <laughs> I mean, it was a smaller sample last year, but our basically our top averaging player that played more than um a Dunstan game.
1: Yeah, pretty much, mate. What's he dropped? Probably thirty to forty points on average. I'd say. Um huge. Look, yeah. if, you're considering, if you're considering bringing him in, uh, I certainly wouldn't do that. But if he's still in your side and he's your worst player, I'd, I'd be looking to offload. I'm just saying that the recent form is rewarding you a little bit and there's potentially a chance that he can finish the year strong and be a,
0: a top 10 forward. And Jack Steele, um, bit down on his amazing form of late, only got the 18 touches, but 13 tackles to go with it. And even when he can't find the pill or if, you know, he's copping attention, you can still be sure that he's going to get you a nice score on the way home. And he's just one of the Uber premiums this year.
1: Isn't that nuts, Dossie, that you can have the ball 18 times and still score yourself a 130 plus off the back of 13 tackles?
0: unbelievable the next highest tackler on the ground from memory was 5 as well like that's how much that's how much better he was doing it getting those hugs That's
1: it. And with Saints pushing to make the A, I can see Captain Steele just busting his gut every single week with plenty of tackles to really solidify that ceiling. And I think he's going to find the ball more times than not, more than 18 times. So uh, just like Titch, uh, 950k, you're probably getting what you're paying for, maybe a little bit less. But I quite like his ceiling. And like you said, he's a genuine captain option every single week.
0: Yeah, nine fifty might be just a bit too much out of Dossie's price range for this <laughs> for this run home, though. That's uh, an exquisite price tag. Uh, Took Miller, another bloke with a monster price tag next to his name, but far out. He's just just been unstoppable this year.
1: Mate I love Took Miller but it's funny I've actually gone the other way to to steal on Took Miller and that's look I'm not going to convince anybody not to pick him because based on form he's in ripping form but I always feel with these teams that aren't going to make the finals that are looking towards 2022 uh, that sometimes they decide to just try a few different things in in the end of the season and there's lots of kids at Gold Coast mate I'm just a bit worried that potentially Took Miller could have a slight role change but Totally um, reacting to shadows here and and almost doing a little dossy prediction myself. But uh, when you're paying 950K, I really need something solid.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I take your point on board there. I'd just be, I'd be thinking more so that uh, a certain man's trying to keep that, uh, keep that role at head coaching. And I'd imagine that he's going to just go roll out and try and get a few wins on the run home here. So I, I totally agree in the sense that Maybe we see a bit more Noah Anderson in the middle. He's actually been playing a little bit more forward on this stretch home, and I'd love to see him get a forward status for us for, for 2022. That would be um, outstanding. But, yeah, your point your point taken there in terms of that you could do something different, but not when this bloke's in ripping form. I don't think Took Miller's the one you have to worry about. I think it would be the other guys um, in that team to see maybe if we see a, a Will Brody or something run through there to, to see what he's got. I, I do take that into account, but... Oh, it took Miller's safe for me, man.
1: Yeah, that was the name I was probably thinking of. Like, when, when do they really start to give Will Brody a go? He's pretty much the sub or the emergency every single week. Yeah. And uh, he's too good to be playing twos.
0: Well, that's what we've said about pretty much all these players, and, and every one of them now. <laughs> you know, the 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 uh, the Fiorinis, the Jeremy Sharps of the world. Will Brody came in as a late um, inclusion on the weekend, played out of position up forward, and still looked like an AFL player. So, um, yeah, it's it's strange scenes at the Suns, but we'll see what happens, mate. But I think you took Millers of the world. I think he's going to be uh, very safe on the way home. Uh, Jared Lyons up at the Lions as well. Big ceiling here, Louie. Um and you've got his fixture here is looking pretty juicy as well.
1: Yeah, so he's got Hawthorne, Frio, Pies, and Eagles in the next four to to finish the year. So I think he's a great pod to roll into the last couple of rounds with. But I would rather like a Guthrie type for seventy K less if you're unless you're lacking a real V C or C option, DOS.
0: Yeah, that's that's a fair call as well. Um, yeah, you do. <laughs> it's always like, but he's still got to be... Uh, what is his ownership now? Because, you know, he's still I'd just popping him out.
1: It, and and is his he name's Brisbane's Jared best Lyons, best so it doesn't So,
0: Sorry? He would be Brisbane's best midfielder at the moment as well. Based on form and, yeah, production this season, absolutely. He would have to be up there. Uh, yeah, he'd have to be the number one. Um, Bontem Pelly's your next player, though, yeah uh, He's been in my squad since day one, and he's probably been one of my best, absolute best starting picks that I've done, and he's been fantastic as well. Yeah,
1: Dossie, well, maybe you can give us a better idea then. He's been in your side since round one. Uh, how's Bonson Pelly going for you, and is he still an option?
0: Yeah, it's these guys hitting their just ultra peak, um, like your Christian Petrarca's and your And Ironically, they played against each other on the weekend, but it's these players that have just hit, you know, They've hit this next level. And I think we got to this point, you know, a guy that he's compared uh, to a lot of his career, Bontapelli, in Scott Pendlebury. And Pendle's got to a point where it was just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to kind of roll into a 110 average every season for a few years here. And that's kind of where I think Bont's got to now. He's just – he's past passed, he's passed a point where the, the tag can really affect him significantly. He has the ceiling games when when he does get off the chain and then consistently 100 plus. And with this dog's midfield, um, they're just scoring scoring for fun. So, he's an absolute – he's an absolute great option. And I think his ownership numbers – I think I've said this a few times, but if you're scared off by his ownership numbers, I'd probably just look at um, Heff's numbers more than – more Than his general ownership, Hef does the um at Hef underscore Keeper League, Is it? Um, I'm not sure, <laughs> I've got to, got to get Hef's uh Hef's actual Twitter Twitter um name here. I'll just quickly look it up, but he does the top 100 ownership. So if you're looking for for people that you want to make sure aren't, aren't highly owned in the top 100, Hef underscore KL capitals, um. That's the numbers I'll be looking at because Bond often gets just a lot of selections at the start of the year because he's a big name. So, a lot of people that have him wouldn't be still playing. So, um, just check those numbers out there. But he's a fantastic option again. And you've picked a lot of fantastic options here, Louis. But the next player on a bit of a down uh, down game coming off that. So, I want to hear your thoughts on Darcy Parish.
1: Yeah, so off the back of, uh, and probably I've thought this for a couple of weeks, but certainly off the back of uh, the weekend just gone, you're not chasing Darcy Paris as an option anymore. If you're an owner, obviously you stick fat, but his last five average of 105 is probably closer to what I think he'll finish the season averaging, which means he's priced at a figure of 113. So there's actually downside if you choose to purchase him now. So And that's the only reason I'd probably avoid that, Darcy.
0: Yeah, it's a fair call. Um, I'm not sort of um, – I know a few people have been concerned with uh, the inclusion of a Dylan Shield type as well. And um, I don't know how much we can take out of the weekend because, you know, if, if for someone like Merritt's getting a 60 and even Taranto is down, I think he's maybe is a bit more explainable with his, uh, his you know, um, lack of centre bounces perhaps. Parrish is explainable as well because of a tag. If he gets off, off the chain, I'm not putting it um, against him to get the big score. Maybe we wait until uh, we do see him kind of not tagged alongside this this new midfield outfit with Shield in there to make that assessment. But um, based on your projection, 105 is still pretty generous. So that does make sense that he's slightly, um, slightly overpriced if he's priced at the 113. Um, Jack McRae, you've got a bit about him. He finally uh, had a monster ceiling game again on the weekend.
1: Yeah, Dossie, sorry, just finally on Parish as well. Uh, we should note that his games with Scheel in the side, um, I think would be about a 40-point difference, and we saw that when he returned. So, that's maybe a slight flag because when Sheil and uh, Coldwell went out of the side, that was when Parish sort of found his form in the midfield.
0: Yeah, check the um. – would be really interesting this week in particular to check the centre-bounce attendances, um, and you can check them out at keeperleagepod.com.au. Um the CBA's this week for Essendon would be would be seriously interesting. Um, having like I said, this is a game that I didn't catch, so um, definitely be keen to see the CBA's for that one. But um, McCray, Louis. Yeah, like
1: you said, Dossie, um, he's not turned up for three weeks until on the weekend when he dropped to 138, which is only his fourth highest score of the, of the season this year. So if you're looking for potentially the most upside from an Uber premium, I think McRae might be your man. He's priced at 112. He could easily exceed that by 15 plus points to finish the year. That being said, if you haven't owned him to this point in the season, you may just want to consider taking
0: him on now. Oh, yeah. He's not a guy I like, I like to take on uh, in general, and I have this year, which has been uh, part of the reason I'm doing so stanky um, in the ranks. But yeah, they've got some nice matchups, don't they? Although they do have some uh, some midfielders coming back this week, and I don't know if he's on your list, but Joshy Dunks coming back after the one week quarantine this week. Um, do you think that's going to affect anyone? I mean, and do you like Dunkley as an option? It's not. We've seen them at the start of the year. It's not going to really affect that unit. Um, they all, they can all have high ceiling games. But um, I'm obviously interested in McRae. But if, are you interested at all in Josh Dunkley, given his pretty inflated price? But he's got the Crows, Don's Hawks in his next three.
1: Absolutely, mate. Josh Dunkley, as long as he's selected, is always going to be an option for me. And uh, it's a good point. I think if you were choosing between McRae and Dunkley and you don't already own McRae, then you might chase the point of difference in Dunkley because uh, he's got a
0: huge ceiling and can match it every step of the way with him. Talking about huge ceilings, a man that's hit it a few times this season. Brisbane Lion, skipper Dane Zorko, a great forward option this season. And... What are you thinking now, Louis? You're still on board and you're all about the Zork? Yeah, for sure, mate. He's got the
1: same scoring potential as both uh, Danger and Jelly, Uh, so he's definitely going to be a top six forward. We've already spoken about Brisbane's nice fixture to come as well, and his 142 in round 15 just showcases that ceiling you spoke about. So uh, Zorko would be much less owned than Danger or Jelly uh, without checking the numbers, so
0: he's certainly an option if you want to pay up a little bit more. Yeah, I think I was surprised at his ownership and I reckon um, it might have occurred, maybe it was early in the season when people jumped straight across from Dunkley to Zorko or something. His ownership's at 18%. I was kind of surprised when I um, saw that, you know, a few weeks ago, it was fairly high. So, um, I think there might have been a situation throughout the season where um, we had to jump from one to another. And that was the one we went to, but um, yeah, with his, <laughs> he still got it into it with uh took for one moment on the weekend as well, which was a glorious moment. I don't know if you saw that, but you know the old the old uh, Zorko took feud. It was it was ignited for just one millisecond, which was good to see. But yeah, he does still have a very nice fixture, and uh, I do like the Zork train as well. Uh, Andy Bray, Sure though he's a guy I was really keen on and I flagged him as my uh, one of our point of differences one of our pod pod pods maybe a month ago now for the run home really big fan of his and going forward just as a fantasy superstar for years to come yeah, I love him too, mate. And he's one of those
1: players that just manages to fill every single stat line and and put up a, a relatively high floor and and often a pretty good ceiling. But that's actually my concern with Andrew Brayshaw. So his last five average of 109 is probably what I think he'll produce for the rest of the year. And that's what you're paying for now as well. So uh, he's lacked a consistent ceiling for me to personally want to pay up 110 for him. But at the same time, I think he's going to be relatively relatively consistent at giving you that one ten two, So, a bit of an unsexy pick for me, and I'm not sure I'd want to use my last midfield position on him now that he's priced at 790k. I think there's a better value elsewhere. But that being said, uh, if you're keen on Andrew Brayshaw, then then no worries, bring him in because he's actually a pretty good option.
0: Tim Taranto scoring in those 60s on the weekend. We've already spoken about it before, but it um, doesn't sound like you're too... Flash hot about the Timmy T role change here.
1: No, I'm not, mate. Do, do you know what was up with that? He only attended two centre bounces. Is that right? Mm, so, we've been speaking about creative ways on this podcast to generate cash, DOS and we've mentioned Zebel and Parrish probably a little while ago now too. Um, I'm not sure Taranto is going to be that guy we became accustomed to and is scoring earlier this season.
0: It's a it's a hot. And, I'd say it's a hot take, but the two centre bounces that and, you know that generally equates to the old Timmy T scoring massively. So I cannot go against that at all.
1: And I'll tell you this, Dossie. Hopper, Jelly, and Ward they
0: they're well entrenched in that midfield. Do you agree? Uh yes. Although Ward, I think we, he he was only a late inclusion in this game for Caneleo. So he was but, managed. He was managed. Yeah. So it was a so, management thing and then he yeah, came back. Yeah, you would in. assume
1: he comes back in. Uh, then you look at Tom Green. What he's got one hand on the rising
0: star at this point? Oh yeah, Tom Green's now, I think, entrenched in there, especially if they keep winning. So the fact that they won in this and he if you're if what you're saying is true and he got two Senate bounces, then that's, that is slightly warning signs if you are going to go, like you said, and you're trying to do something creative. That being said, he did kick three behinds in this game. That's, that turns a 67 into just a respectable score. And if, we, if it was just a one-off thing um, to do the tagging job on a player that they needed to shut down, uh, that could very well change next week and we could see just Ash completely out of there, which is something that I probably would assume is going to happen before Timmy T loses his CBAs consistently.
1: Yeah, but then you've got, like you said, Captain Coggs to come back in and Matt DeBoer, who is actually the real tagger, to come back in after doing about 35 uh, disposals and a couple of goals with a few weeks prior. So, he's going to be someone that comes in. Anyway, Doss, I want to float this creative move by you because I think this is something that could help a couple of coaches. So, potentially, you can pocket 90K going down to Whitfield from Toronto and then upgrading Pendlebury to Lloyd and have change left over.
0: Yeah, that's that's juicy. It's very juicy.
1: That so was probably one something. half of one half of that trade is a genuine upgrade, while the other could be your point of difference on the rest of the competition. If Toronto were to po- uh, to poorly score in that role,
0: it's it is a very special, uh, <laughs> a very special trade. You'd have to you'd have to do some DPP though. You'd have to have what a forward in the midfield. Um, to move forward for Pendles to then get to uh, a midfielder and a defender, my correct, I'd be correct in saying that. So you'd you'd certainly have to do some DPP shuffling, but I'm sure you'd be able to find someone um, in that Lloyd range as well that you could you could possibly um, mix into the forward line or something like that as well. So. Interesting. That's
1: it, Dossie. But that being said, um, some people said the same about Sam Walsh a couple of weeks ago. And although he scored poorly <laughs> this weekend, before then, I think he was averaging about 140 in his last three. So, it can blow up on you.
0: Yeah, we got to be careful with what we do predict. But, yeah, I'd be staying strong for another week, but... To be honest, Louis, it might be you know it might be the winning move that you need to do. Um, if you don't think those centre bounces are going to stay, and you think Timmy Teague doesn't have the ceiling without him. Um, who's our next player? We've got uh, Jai Simpkin talk about Yeah, Dossie.
1: And if you remember at the start of the season on this podcast I actually predicted Jai Simpkin to be my breakout candidate and before the buys that was (laughs) that one was looking pretty poor I've got to say. I think he was averaging 85 uh, less than what he even did the year previous but since the buys uh, he's gone up to 111 average and i just have to I just have to say well done to all the coaches that jumped on when he bottomed out because I thought, gee, that screams trap. But uh, now he's
0: 775k and uh, can conceivably be in your, in your top eight midfield for the rest of the year. Yeah, one of my regrets not jumping on him and <laughs> I think a few of my mates, including, uh, including Cam from the Draft Doctors and another one, my boy Clevo, um, I swung them the recommendations of Simpkin when he was absolutely bottomed out and even, you know, approved a trade sent to me. I'm like, yeah, mate, that looks, that looks really good. And there's, I was so keen on him and just didn't, didn't jump myself. And it was around that point when he was in the 600s. And i got to say, though, I didn't see it being this ridiculous, um, this ridiculous a run that he's had.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, though, mate, at 775k, now it's a bit steep. And when you consider Andrew Brayshaw as the same price, that's
0: probably where I'd be going. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. But that being said as well, and the fact that Jed Anderson didn't play a stack of mid in his return as well is probably, you know, are they going to put him back in there? I don't know. Maybe they're trying to make him um, into a different role as he kind of works his way out of there, the, the next batch of midfielders are certainly, you'd think that his age bracket's kind of not exactly where they're going to be when they're actually hitting their straps. So, I wonder if they try and move Jed Anderson out. So, Simpkin could be very well safe, but um, there's definitely a few guys that are vying for a bit more midfield time on the run home, just like you mentioned with your Gold Coast um, prediction there as well, even though Simpkin, again, is one of the young core in there that's going to be rolling out for the next few years. Um Weird one, though, Louis, what about the ruse lately? Just seemingly um, very fantasy relevant with, you know, guys like Taron Thomas averaging 100 in his last three as well. Um, we've got, there's another player that's what won, you know, Jaden Stevenson with some monster ceiling games. Ben some Cunnington just absolutely killing it. I think maybe it's something that we're, we're just seeing that David Noble's uh, bringing the goods on the fantasy circuit now.
1: And teams aren't scoring as well against North Melbourne too, which I've noticed. So, uh, they're relevant in their scoring, but they're also now relevant in their uh, ability to not let the opposition score. So, you
0: have to watch out for that one. Yeah, restricting, holding on to that pill and and, uh, scoring nicely because of it. Jack Crisp, though, at Collingwood, another team that does love a plus six. And Crispy is killing it. Yeah, Dossie, we love Crispy on this
1: podcast. And unfortunately, that midfield role that we really liked uh, probably two months ago has been lost. But we know with Crispy, he doesn't have to play midfield to score. So only Laird, Mills and Hall are averaging more across their last three than Jack Crisp. But you can pick up Jack Jack Crisp for 10 points cheaper
0: than all three. Yeah, you know what? I feel dirty for, for comparing a certain man to this guy. Maybe six weeks ago, I said, with Crispy, like we just said, if he plays defense or mid, it doesn't matter with his scoring. Another guy that we that I made that, I reckon I made that comp- on this podcast, and I, I'm, I'm ashamed about it. Dan Houston, I said, midfield, defense, doesn't matter. Manages to score either way. What's going on with him? Just throwing him into your notepad here. Dan Houston, he's, he's on everyone's trade blocks at the moment.
1: Yeah, mate, he's just out of form and not scoring in fantasy. There's nothing wrong. Uh, The role's not great, but also it's not particularly a disgusting fantasy role either. It's just that, uh, unfortunately, he might just be an 80 guy this year.
0: Looks like we're getting to the tail end of this notebook. There's still a few names to talk about, though, and Luke Parker is one of them.
1: Yeah, not a bad option um, as a sort of bow on your midfield, dossier. I love Luke Parker. It's great to see what he's doing in fantasy again. Uh, But he's yet to find his ceiling probably really since that massive season that he had a few years ago. So priced at 104. Uh, It's just a pass for me unless you really like Luke Parker.
0: Yeah, they do. They still have those few nice games, though, to come, though, don't they? So if you do think he can hit that ceiling as a pod, he's an option. He's also... Uh, he's like he's got almost to me nowadays. He's got that kind of Jared Lyons unsexiness to the name, but certainly not that ceiling of the line. So it's kind of like it's kind of like the the the, the flat hundred lines now to attach to Parker's name. I reckon he used to have yeah, that kind point. of sex appeal to his name. In the day. Yeah,
1: he he did. And I reckon he's only about 27 as well, Dossie. He's not that old. So, we're sort of rooting mm. him off a little bit uh, just because he's had a few down years, but still well and truly a, a fantastic footballer and, and a pretty good fantasy player too. I wouldn't be surprised to see him
0: sort of uh, bob up and average 110 in the next couple of years somehow. Talking about guys averaging 110 in the next couple of years, Shawnee Darcy, uh, my first pick for 2022. Uh, I'm one of his biggest fans these days, <laughs> Shawnee Darcy. And if you don't have him, can you still grab him though? He's, he's had a few of these niggling injuries the last few weeks and I might be just putting him in my back pocket for 2022 myself given given the constant sort of worry about him at the moment.
1: Yeah, the bloke's a total cockroach at the moment, Dossie. It seems like he gets injured, <laughs> yeah. goes down that into was a the great rooms. <laughs> gets jabbed up, strapped up, comes back, goes again, gets injured, comes back. Uh, It's unbelievable. And for that reason, though, I don't think you can bring in Sean Darcy. It's going to be potentially a forced trade later on down the track um, just based on basically him getting injured two to three times a game. But that being said, uh, the scoring is happening, mate. He's going over 100 more weeks than most, uh, even with these injuries. So if you're an owner, you stick fat, you pray that he stays fit. But if you're a non-owner... Unfortunately, you've missed that boat
0: Now, do we play the song again for this Or do I give the listeners a a bit of fresh air But we're talking about the guy from the top of the show again Roll the tape Lou, Braden Fiorini, let's talk about him. You've got here for me to just go wild on it, um, which I will. Yeah, I've just given it to you, mate. This one's for you. You know more about Braden Fiorini than I do. Look, what I'll say, though, is to owners jumping on, it's been a glorious ride um, that I've had. I think I grabbed him the moment he um, came back for round 16 against the Tyke. So, I've had 101, 113, 109, and 142 in the last four weeks, which has been – Oh, just amazing from the great man. But what I will say is, though, if you are jumping on, you've just got to expect the ride of the Fiorini because, look, he starts on the bench, so just be ready for that. Uh, It's kind of like the Treloar experience. He used to sometimes just start on the bench and he gets that first rotation. So... Just be ready for that. It's it's not something out of the norm. He also gets very low time on ground. So he had only seventy one percent time on ground for his forty two disposals or whatever it was. Ridiculous. Forty one disposals on the weekend. Wow. Forty two. So he just just be ready for that. You're not going to get the high time on ground. But what he does do is just burst scoring, and he he gets absolute racks mark plus sixes for days. Talk about a guy that. It's almost like not thirst with him. It's almost just he's always in the right spots. It's Tom Mitchell-esque because Tom Mitchell is, is a thirsty operator, let's be honest. But at the same time, you look up and out of the contest, who's there? It's always Tom Mitchell. And it's similar with Braden Any he, Whenever he's on the ground and playing inside mid like he is at the moment, he's just – it feels like he's everywhere when he's on the field. He's not always on the field. Be prepared for that. Louis, are you going to jump – are you – considering him as a great point of difference option for the run home for non-owners and I want you to provide them with the option um, because obviously I'm just way too biased about this bloke, I absolutely love him.
1: I was going to say Dossie, I was just in total awe there of the absolute passion that you're speaking with about Braden Ferrini but- Yes he is an option mate uh, We've seen the ceiling We've seen um, Thank you what he's, what he's been able to do The last couple of weeks in a row And I think at his price uh, If he maintains that Then he's presenting serious value And at his ownership percentage Gee you might be the
0: only owner Dossie So um, I think that he's certainly one to consider He's he's rising up ownership He was He's only been in the 0.0% In the last few weeks But he's up to 1 I think it's rising as well I mean with his form in his last three, 121, um, there's a few people jumping on board, and why not uh, join in the fun? Next player we're talking about, though, is Lockie Neal, a bit of a more well known name in fantasy communities, uh, Louis. But what are you thinking here? It's a bit just not Lockie Neal esque lately.
1: Yeah, Doss, I'm starting to think that Lockie Neal is just not an option anymore. Um, scored 76 on the weekend, and that shouldn't come as too much of a surprise because uh, the messaging out of Brisbane for the last couple of weeks has been that, yes, he's playing through injury, he's going to keep going, but um, look, we're seeing uh, that as a reflection of his scoring, that he's putting up some pretty average numbers, and I'd be a little bit nervous about him having sort of a late-season rest
0: before the finals. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's tough with the with the certain injury I- injury risk with Lockie Neal and the fact that he's still kind of owned by. You'd imagine quite a few coaches as well. Um, maybe a lot jumped off though after the the double out kind of thing that he he went through. But yeah, I'm. Um, it's one of the. Le- like, I'd prefer going somewhere else. I think at this point, but at the same time, we know what he can do at his best. Uh, let's move on though, Andrew Gaff. I think he's a great option. Last week was a great option. And just going home here, still a couple of nice games on the fixture. And we know, you know, Gaffey, again, he's had a very down year. But when he's up, he's up.
1: Absolutely, mate. And if you're looking for a value mid, then Gaff might be your guy. He's 675k. He's averaging 114 in his last two games, uh, which is thereabouts what we've come to expect from Gaff um, as a seasonal average. He seems to be finding plenty more marks as well. So as a cheapie, I don't
0: mind taking the pun on him at all. Absolutely. I, I think he's a great option, especially if you're sort of trying to split your money um, two ways and you've, you've got a certain amount of coin and you're sort of looking at these 600K, 700 low uh, K options. Andrew Gaff, he, he's a guy that's done it in the past um, and certainly has a, has a big ceiling. He's got the Pies, Melbourne, Freo, Brisbane on the way home. I mean, he he averages over a ton against a couple of them, but at Optus, he's a reliable um, big tonner and he's got two of those four at Optus. So, nice option, but do you you get a bit risky? Do you get a bit scared given how owners were so desperate to get rid of him earlier in the year?
1: Um, I would a little bit, mate, but I think that if you're considering Andrew Gaff, it might be all that you can get up to. In which case, then I think he's probably one of the best um, candidates at that price bar, maybe a Jake Lloyd. So, um, look, you've always got to be a bit nervous, but that uptick in marks is really encouraging for me. He's going to spend the last couple of weeks at Optus, I think that uh, he's underpriced by potentially five to ten points. Now,
0: bloke who missed last week due to the um, corona sort of restrictions that he had to go into isolation, but he's back this week and he's certainly cheap um, as a forward option in the 500K bracket, uh, high 500s, and I'm talking about Rowan Marshall.
1: Yeah, mate, I've got written down here, Rowan Marshall, he's a little bit like the Tom Stewart of the forward line and that's because he doesn't often put up huge scores nor bad ones, usually does his job every week to land somewhere between 85 and 105, um, never sort of sets the world on fire but but never disappoints you either. I think they're quite similar and, and they're sort of they're averaging uh, very similar as well So um, in the last two games rather. So at 584K, that puts him valued at 81 so there's upside there Uh, he may also help you be a bit more flexible in your ruck position if you've got a Riley O'Brien or a Sean Darcy sitting there that you want to get rid of but I think the uh, the most popular option this week for Rowan Marshall will be coaches going from pendles to Marshall and making a little bit of cash and
0: I don't mind that at all. Yeah, and with the Teague train, uh, the train training wheels falling off at Carlton as well. Um, I mean, I'm liking the look of um, Tom DeConning in the ruck, but that's who they're pretty much working with as a solo ruck at the moment. And you'd think that, I mean, he averages 110 against Carlton. So, if you are going to bring him in, what a week to do it um, for Rowan Marshall. And, and I really like the option. Uh, Scott Pendlebury, we, we didn't mention him in the, in the uh, Hot Topics this week because, of course, Christian Burgess uh, took that honour. But Scotty Pendlebury, I was a non-owner. And that's probably why I didn't mention it. You might have been hurt a little bit more by him. Were you? Were you a proud owner at the time?
1: Look, I was a proud owner, mate, but I don't think I've been hurt by it as much as what um, what I probably thought at the time. I looked at his ownership, and he's he's owned by about seventy five percent of the top one hundred, which I tweeted mm. out is often a reflection of the top one thousand, which is a reflection of the top. 10k and so on so i think a lot of coaches are going to be dealing with that problem this week and potentially um that's where you sort of find your point of difference by by um picking the right guy to go from pendles
0: great plug for the uh, podcast there mate all right side bottom his teammate going there uh what have you got to say about sidey I, I actually um i'll have to check his form lately but i i didn't think it was that flash but as he bounced back to form
1: Uh, Mate, no, the form's actually been pretty trash. So on the weekend, he scored an 88, which is his best score since round 15, and then before that, round 12. So uh, he hasn't been finding much of a ceiling, but the reason I've got him on this list is he's 610K, and after the game, Robert Harvey actually said that when Pendles went down, they needed an experienced head in that midfield group, and Sidebottom was the one to do it. So obviously Ah. we now know that Pendles is out for the rest of the year, and it just makes me curious to see whether or not he gets a bit of uptick in the CBAs because we know the ceiling that Sidey does possess in the right role.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's that's interesting words from the press conference that, uh, yeah, it's definitely something to, to monitor. If he does get the centre bounces and, or does get into that mix, he, he'd be an option. But it's just given the, the fragile nature, you'd think on the run home with the next four sort of determining... Some players' futures at the Pies, you wonder whether they roll with other guys through there and, and give the, these, you know, we're talking about the Will Brodies, um, I don't know, Braden Syer's situation, but some, someone like him, um, whether he gets a go and I don't know, I, I, like, I think you've been an owner and then jumped off as well this season. I don't, I don't feel particularly good about going there myself um, at this point of the season.
1: Yeah, and he's got a 98 break even, so um, I'd encourage most people to wait a week and watch and see if that role does sort of transpire, but uh, it's just worth flagging because potentially we see an uptick there.
0: Yeah, I mean, the problem is he, his next two matchups, he might score well regardless, so um, I wouldn't necessarily encourage against it. He's got three really nice matchups in his last four excluding the Brisbane game. So, he's got West Coast, Hawks, Brisbane, then Essendon. So, unless there he is loves something the strange- Yes, yeah, so unless there is something strange um, where he does get arrested or he, he does get rested, um, not like another Pies teammate, eh? um, and he can sort of make his way through the season, then he's probably actually a very nice option. He's actually under 600K um, there, Lou Dog. All right. Oh, wow. Tim Kelly tim kelly yep i just thought this
1: guy was worth a mention we've discussed him uh, a little bit over the last couple of weeks he scored the 90 which at his price you say pretty much thank you very much um but if you're strapped for cash he's still an option at 605k a little bit less than Gaffy, about 70k or 10 points which i would say is about on par with what you'd expect um from the past anyway so don't mind him as an option with the pies this week too
0: all right louie now we've getting to we've we've finished the notebook off um a better ending than the real notebook um Louis, but what we'll do now is just quickly go through five rookies i won't even run the theme this week we're just going to power through your your five rookies this week and then i think we'll wrap it up and we might just do um our questions on the twitter spaces i reckon because we've already ticked over well and truly over an hour so um let's get into your five rooks
1: Yeah, sorry about that, mate. I got a little bit carried away um, writing about some of these players during the week. We absolutely love Um, it. Mostly today, actually, at work. Got paid to do it. That's always good. Uh, So we look at our rookies here. Uh, Sam Durham has got to be the number one, I think. 222K, really passed the eye test, and he's got a nice DPP flexibility of defensive midfielder. So he's averaging 57 from his only, uh, or rather, two games this season with a minus eight break even. So he's going to be someone who potentially can get up
0: over 300K before the end of the year. Yeah, he, he look, he's, like you said, he's past the eye test. He's looking like a really good option. And, and if you are just doing the one up, one down, he's a nice little coverage option, should get a game.
1: Absolutely. And uh, very similar, in fact, you could probably split these guys 50-50. There's just a slight cash difference. And that's Connor West. He's a 237K mid. He's averaging 61.5 with a minus five break even. So I don't mind him too. I think he's another one who's going to be up above 300K uh, in the next couple of weeks.
0: Love Connor West as a West Coast man. He's uh, he's looking the goods. Uh,
1: I'll give you one more before a couple of uh, throwaways. Uh, I'll give you Finn McCrae. He's two hundred and twenty-four k forward mid he's averaging 34 but that's kind of skewed by some of the sub games that he's had on the weekend he scored 71 we know the potential he has to score a lot of us brought him in because he scored 34 points in a quarter way back in sort of round five or whatever it was so potentially if Finn McCray can get on the end of a big one this week he might get a little bit of a nicer break even he might be some really good cover for you on the bench too so
0: i got to give him a mention He's the guy I'd be bringing in, um, getting some centre bounces notably on the weekend as well, um, probably with the Pendles injury going down as well, going to be helping him on the run home. 71 in 68% time on ground. I wonder if they try and um, give him a little bit more – time on ground of the run home might just be the tank issue at the moment but he, he you know he showed the traits um, of the brother of, of the the half brother of the McRae he certainly shows the traits of just getting in the right spot being that outlet player and um, I really like him as a fantasy option going forward and he'd, he'd be the rookie that I'd be certainly uh, bringing in this week if, if I had to bring in one in the 200k region just think think they'll give him a run for the rest of the year in not a sub vest and probably a nice role so I think it 220k or whatever, that's that's going to be nice for you in your forward line.
1: Uh, fourth one here, Dossie, i got Jack Ginnivan. Uh He's a 177k mid-forward. Uh, played his first game on the weekend, scored 34. He's got the 18 break even. Uh, I just think he's going to play in a, at close enough to basement price. He's another option I don't mind. And then finally, uh, pretty much just got written down here, basement rookies slash throwaways slash loopholers. So, if you're trading down to a rookie that you don't plan to use for the rest of the year, maybe you can try and swing things. And I'm not sure if the picture's been released yet. Just try to swing things in your favour so that you can potentially get as many BC loopholes as you can in that week. So it might be you choose a Gold Coast player because the next three games they have on a Sunday and they're not going to play. So that's just something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, I reckon maybe we'll do that next week, Louis, as well. And just looking at the last three games and and looking at best fixtures and um, sussing out the best players that we can pick there, that might be a really good uh, way to check our um, our pod, pod, pods. Maybe a point of difference fixture-based podcast next week, Louis. Plenty ahead. Um, At pod, pod, AFL on Twitter, Louis, you are? I'm at Louis AF. And I'm at HK Doss, and uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast. Like I said, um, we'll go on that PodPod uh, Pod AFL Twitter at some point and answer a few questions that you've thrown at us. Apologies, we didn't get to them, but we love Louis' notebook, and we hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. See you next week,
1: guys. Hopefully in person, Dossie, because I'm getting a bit sick of this Discord stuff.
0: As am I, mate.